If you need a Bible, if you have your Bible, if you would turn to Luke chapter 17 this morning, we're going to be moving around his words about being thankful. So Luke 17, if you'll turn there with me, the story you're probably very familiar with. It says this, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee, then he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when they saw him, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God. He fell down on his face and at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, Arise, go your way, or to him, your faith has made you well. Definitely a story we've heard and very interesting that those who actually were Jews didn't return, but yet this foreigner glorified God. And note, it says a loud voice. Sometimes we're uncomfortable with loud voices. I'm going to tell you, in heaven, it's going to be loud. And uh, we're going to be praising Jesus because he is worthy. But Jesus is a little frustrated and upset. He's wondering where these nine are. He knows that they were healed. And he makes this statement, why didn't they return to give glory to God, to give thanks? We had a lot of kids, nine, and that was basically in the 90s to early 2000s, and at that time, VeggieTales was a big thing, and in their simplicity, there was many lessons for Amy and I to learn as we watched these talking vegetables. One of them, which we often sang together, was from Madam Blueberry. And Madam Blueberry taught us that a happy heart is a thankful heart. She had enough of Stuff Mart, and I remember the rap. I used to try and sing that too, of the other characters trying to convince her to buy more things. But she comes to this great conclusion, as I mentioned, that a happy heart is a thankful heart. I began thinking about the heart in regards to thankfulness this week, and it became abundantly clear to me that a thankful heart not only is a happy heart, but it's a soft heart. Soft heart. And I want to talk about how thanksgiving keeps our heart soft. The alternative, obviously, is a hard heart. And I'm talking in the spiritual sense that our hearts can get hard 
or our hearts can be soft. A hard heart is probably one that doubts often, that doesn't see Jesus in much, and that is a chronic complainer. That's a hard heart. And I can tell you in my life, oftentimes there is a hard heart, not only complaining, it seeks to please self, to do what it wants, but yet there's no sensitivity to the things of God when we have a hard heart. Other terms in the Bible maybe to describe that would be stiff-necked, a darkened heart. But really spiritually, we want to be open and soft to the things of the Lord. And one of the best ways to do that is to be thankful, is to glorify God, whether you feel like it or not. Now, sometimes we love to praise when things are going well, and you know this. I got a promotion, things are well, bills are paid, marriage is good, kids behave, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, Jesus. But when things are bad, it becomes very difficult. But the Bible is funny because really it speaks more to us of praising and being thankful when things are junky. When things aren't good, it's truly when you need to praise. Now, obviously you want to praise when it's good, but you got to praise when it's bad. But it's not our human nature or our flesh when things are difficult to praise or give thanks. But those are the times when our heart can get hard or our hearts can be soft. I'm going to explain this maybe a little more. And I really, really believe that the discipline of thanksgiving will change your life. This is a discipline. This is something that you need to learn and I need to learn to do no matter what. But first I want to tell you that Jesus and God aren't into hard hearts. They're not into complainers. We know in the Old Testament it's very clear God really has a problem with complaining. And as we know, it's become something that's very acceptable not only in the world, but in Christian circles. And sometimes our prayer meetings become complaint fests. What you haven't done, God. What you should have done, God. And our hearts just get harder and harder. To back up a little with that hard heart thought, a couple times, or more than that, it's mentioned, but two came to mind in the New Testament. One in Mark chapter 10. I'm not going to read it, but I'll give you the story. The Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up in regards to divorce. And the Pharisees said, well, is divorce acceptable? And I'm not here to talk about that. That can be another sermon. But I'm here to talk about Jesus' response because he says, well, what did Moses say? And Moses said, well, you were permitted to have a certificate of divorce. And Jesus says this, because of the hardness of your heart. And if you look back in Deuteronomy, it's not like today, but it was ridiculous some of the reasons that these Jewish men would divorce their wives. For the littlest thing, maybe their food was burned, or they didn't like something. They just did what they wanted to do, and if their wife in any way didn't please them, you're out. And I'll go find another one. And Jesus says, listen, this isn't a good thing. 
And the Pharisee's trying to trip him up. Oh, look what Moses did. Well, he let you do that, Jesus said, because your hearts got so hard, and he finally let go and said, you do what you want, and I'll permit that. But the hardness of heart for them was to seek and to please themselves. If they didn't like it, go, and then it was acceptable. Another time that he does mention that as well is in Mark chapter 3, when the Pharisees again are trying to trip him up, and Jesus sees someone who needs to be healed on the Sabbath, and they're just waiting to get angry at him. You're going to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus knows their heart. They don't want to see the man healed. They just want to trip Jesus up. And it says clearly that eventually he will heal the man. But he says in verse 5 of Mark chapter 3, the hardness of their heart grieved Jesus and made him angry. Grieved him. Why wouldn't they want good for another person? Why are their hearts so hard? Why, and you connect it, are they so unthankful? Why are they so darkened? And it just not only made him sad, it made him angry. God gets angry, do you know that? Now sometimes we think he's always pleased with us. I'm here to tell you he loves you no matter what, but he's not always pleased with you. And when we are unthankful and we don't want him to work and we get bitter, it grieves him and it makes him angry. I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter 1 with me and I just kind of want to correlate this with thankfulness in a darkened heart or a hard heart and something that is written there in verse 19 and 20. Well, I'll start in verse 18 of Romans chapter 1. This is Paul speaking. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, note this, they knew God, but they did not glorify him as God. And underline this nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So what happens then is this slippery slope. He lets them to their own desire, he says, and the list of sin just becomes awful as you read Romans 1. And how does it start? He reveals himself to all men, but they deny him and yet know him, but they don't glorify him and they don't give him thanks. And then their hearts are darkened. And this path begins. 
to unbelief and destruction. And as I mentioned, deplorable sin. And I want to encourage you this morning, exhort you this morning, that if you choose not to be thankful, it is a slippery slope to a darkened heart that will lead you to a place that you don't want to go. You don't want to go. It's a discipline. It's a battleground of the mind that will affect the heart. In this one, it does start in our head. Where's your head this morning? We know it's Thanksgiving. And it's easy, maybe, to be thankful. And when my kids were young, they had these apples and put these little toothpicks with the little piece of paper. I'm thankful for mom and dad and food and house. And we put them on the mantle. And it was so easy on that day. But maybe, like me, you'll wake up Tuesday and the first thought in your mind will not be a thankful thought. As the day progresses and things don't go your way, maybe you'll choose to get a little upset or a little unthankful. It's going to happen. And yet, you have this ability to change your attitude. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be thankful. You can choose to rejoice, no matter what the situation. Sometimes thankful people drive me nuts, though, right? Like, I have a friend, he blew a flat tire, and he was like, praise Jesus. I'm like, listen, what are you, nuts? It's just put us two hours off. I got to get here. We got a flat tire. And he's like singing praise songs, and I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. But you know what? His heart was in a much better place than mine. And his attitude, and truly his heart was happy, and mine was dark. Jesus, in this parable in Luke 17, is very concerned with those who are not thankful because God truly healed them and he's healed each one of us. Are you returning to him each day to glorify him and praise him? I read Psalm 78 this week and it's written for community and generation after generation. It's put on paper by the psalmist to remind generation to come how great God is. So in Psalm 78, the psalmist is referring back to all God did in the wilderness and how his miracles sent Israel to freedom from Egypt. But it's a very honest psalm as well, and it talks about Israel's failure. And it's interesting what is mentioned in Psalm 78. Actually, I found it fascinating. Even in the midst of the miraculous manna, in the water from the rock, what did the Israelites do? And it's recorded even here. We don't have any meat. 
Could you imagine you see a miracle from heaven every morning of food to sustain you? And you've seen water come through a rock, which is absolutely physically impossible. And then your conclusion is, we'd rather have some meat. You know, we had meat in Egypt. And God, you're miraculously providing for us, but that's just not enough for us. And so the psalmist records all of this and how they tested God in their heart in verse 19. In the midst of all that God had done, they couldn't be content. They couldn't be thankful. So what does God do? He sends the meat. Do you remember the story? The wind blew, the quail come. And all of a sudden, it was all over the ground. And it says in verse 26, they ate and they were filled. He gave them to their desire. It says very clear, to their own desire. He didn't deprive them of what they thought they needed. But after that point, it's very clear that his wrath fell upon them. Complain, stories recorded in Numbers 11, starts with complaining, no meat, God, where are you? And really, truly, they were a stiff-necked people, an unthankful people, a people with darkened hearts, a people with hard hearts. And it didn't matter what God gave them, it was never enough. And so you know what after a while God does? Like Romans, you're going to be unthankful. You're not going to glorify me. He just says, you take it. You have what you want. And they got so sick of it. And his wrath came. Sometimes I'm like, you dumb Israelites. Like, why are they so stupid, right? But then God just convicts me. What about you? What has God done for me? What has God done for me? And why is it that I'm always looking at what I think he hasn't done? Why is it in our circumstance we're always looking at the negative when he's done all the positive? Why in reality and in truth, is this is a problem that plagues every single one of us. That in the midst of his tremendous spiritual blessings, we continually are unthankful spiritual people. And I want to tell you, in my life and in your life, it has to come to an end. Because God is not pleased with hearts that are unthankful. Think of your last week. Was it a week of thankfulness? What not only came from your mouth, what was in your heart? Even if things went bad. Even if work was a mess. Even if your children 
disobeyed, even if you didn't sleep. Was I thankful? Did I choose to say, God, you are good? Tell you something, it's not the circumstance that determines the thankfulness. That's the lie. It's your heart. It's your heart that determines whether you're thankful. The circumstance matters not because a soft heart will give praise no matter what. And I think I needed to hear this message. And sorry if you came to church for a feel good. <laughs> I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to tell you God's good. I'm here, you got to worship him. And you need to give him thanks. And some of our lives are miserable because we think they're miserable. But they're not. Because who's with you? God. Who's forgiven you? God. Who's redeemed you? God. Who's given you children? God. Who's given you a job? If you've lost it, he'll give you another one. Who's provided for you? Who cares for you? God. And most important, no matter how miserable it gets in this world, if you believe in him, you're going to heaven. And there's a lot of Christians who are worse off than you in the world facing persecution, in poverty, in third world countries, and they're not whining or moaning or complaining like we do. What do you mean? They have vegetables tonight? We're so silly, aren't we? What do you mean? I didn't get the bonus. Oh. Over and over in Scripture, the discipline of thankfulness truly is the will of God. What is God's will for you today? Are you looking for the future? Forget about the future. Let's start with today. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 The will of God is you give thanks in all circumstances, in Jesus Christ. Well, you want a crystal ball? Oh, God, what do you have for me? <laughs> Here it is. Today, praise Him. Today, send out the choir. Today, worship Him. Discipline your mind. Or should we say, as it says in Romans 12, Transform your mind. Renew your mind in truth. Renew it in truth. And truly, things will change. I just kind of make it clear, it's a slippery slope to more sin if you let go of being thankful in your life. Okay, so... I was in college a long time ago, and there was this guy called Herb. He knew my friend Al, and he came to our house, and I had a little Bible study, and one of the times there, we just, uh, we just were listening to God. I don't know if you guys ever done that. You just sat quietly on your bed sometimes, 
And I don't know how you do it. Maybe you go for a walk in nature. Maybe you're just like, Lord, I'm so busy. I want to slow down. You want to share with me? And I remember that night, specifically because Herb was there, and I just had these group of guys there, and I was like, let's just listen to the Lord, and maybe he wants to share with us. And, and I really believe God gave me a picture in my mind way back then. I think I was, I don't know, 22 or 3. I was working. And I had this distinct picture of a wall in two sides of the wall. And on one side of the wall, it was all a rocky terrain. This is what I saw. And I don't know why at the time I saw it, but it was all rocky. But there was a wall and there was a door in it. And then I walked through that door and on the other side of the door was beautiful grass. Now, Amy and I went for a walk at Gatineau Park this week, and we were on a trail, and it was good, and she, we, we discussed, what do you think is true beauty? And for her, it was being out in the trees and seeing the tree stumps and nature. For me, if I go on a manicured, beautiful golf course, <laughs> that's beauty, like the grass. And that's what I saw in my picture. Like, everyone's different, right? Like, I think just sometimes in nature it looks a little messy to me. But that's just my silly mind, because God's perfect. But I just like this beautiful grass. But I want you to get this picture. It was all rocky. There's a wall, a door, and there's beautiful grass there. And that was the picture in my mind. And it was almost a voice came to me and says, where do you want to choose to dwell? There's a door in the middle. It's your choice where you want to dwell. It's your choice if you want to live on the rocks or you want to live in the beauty. It's your choice. And the reality is, I thought about this week, if I choose to have a thankful heart and I water my circumstances with the truth of Jesus Christ, I will dwell on the green grass. And the, the phrase is, well, the grass is always greener on the other side. And I learned long ago, no, it's not. The grass is greener where you water it. If you put water on the grass, it will turn green. And for you, there's a door. Do you want to live in the rockiness of a negative, bitter, unthankful mind? Or do you want to choose to give God glory and it will release your heart? Your heart can be hard and not be receptive because of your unthankfulness. And God wants to speak to you. And I want to tell you, He's good. And His will is that you will choose, discipline yourself to be thankful. And by the way, I'm not here to tell you it's easy. Because <laughs> sometimes life is hard and it stinks, right? But you have to choose. So often in Christianity, it is the battle of the mind and the discipline of choosing truth. And there is no magical, you know truth, believe truth, live in truth. So I hate for you to leave this place and say, that was okay, Dan, and your heart doesn't change. Just another sermon. I've heard, I heard a lot of sermons in my life. Even, what does the sermon matter? We don't even remember last week's. So I'm trying to remember it. I don't remember it. And I'm the one who gave it. 
But if we can leave changed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be a thankful people, we will be different. Do you know what the world wants to see? People who are different. And how often people in dramatically difficult situations has the world noticed and said, how can you be so different in the midst of your circumstance? And we can say, it's because I'm looking at Jesus and not myself. It's because Christ lives in me. And I want to give praise. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God, we would ask that you would change us this morning and not excuse, not defend, not justify complaining hearts. Be careful. God might give you what you want, but his wrath might fall. Can you be thankful for what he's done this morning? Not just today, but every day. And I give you permission, if you're with me, to whack me down when I'm a complainer. Please, would you speak into my life? And may I be receptive to your voice. And I pray that you would give each other permission to exhort in love when we complain. We need each other to say, hey, stop it. Let's praise Jesus together. Husbands and wives, hey, stop telling me what I don't do right. But worship Jesus together. Not that we don't want to change but we need, it changes everything when we're thankful. So Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. We want to give you praise. We want to worship you. Even when things stink in our mind, we're going to praise you for the answers, whatever they are. We're going to worship you. Lord, we come and we ask for your forgiveness. I, as a leader, would ask the forgiveness of these people and of God my Father for my complaining. May I not see what I don't have, but truly may I see all that you have done, God. Lord, we confess as a people, would you cleanse us by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. May we choose to be thankful and worship you. May we see the miraculous manna Oh, just even in your mind this morning before we continue. Make a list right now in just quietness, you yourself. This is a great exercise. Five things that you can be thankful for, but ask God to show you them. Don't say necessarily, my house and my food. Praise the Lord for those. But would you quietly in your own mind, Holy Spirit, reveal what you can be thankful for today. Let's just have a moment as they play softly in the background. Just ask God and tell Him in your heart, what are you thankful for today? 
maybe the trial you're going through, give him praise. Maybe knowing you're forgiven this morning, give him praise. Maybe your health, just give him praise. Maybe that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, give him praise. Maybe that his grace has covered you and empowers you, give him praise. just quickly, maybe some one word or one sentence but some of them have the courage just to say what you're thankful for this morning just one at a time, let's say it before the Lord start with looking at you. We praise Jesus for his death and resurrection, for his body and his blood. We are justified by you, God, and we praise you. We worship you. As the elements are in the back, to stay in a worshipful, a praising, thankful attitude as you get those elements and think of Jesus and all that he's done for you that you today are clean as you believe in Him because of His forgiveness and His love. Hey, you are loved by the Father. You are loved by the Son. Just come in, Lord God, as we worship you. So I said, we're going to celebrate communion. The elements are in the back. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to give thanks in our hearts and our minds. So as Randy plays, as you are thinking on Jesus, quietly and respectfully, you may gather the elements. Just choose to be thankful 
in this moment as we celebrate Christ. If you need prayer for anything, there'll be brothers and sisters in the back. But let's worship Him. Let's think on Him this morning.